Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Hello, Talk Tennis listeners. Get excited for this week's episode because we are going to be talking about an iconic racket that has gotten a revival for 2020. But first things first, I do want to tell you about this amazing deal that we have going on right now at Tennis Warehouse. The head graphene touch prestige rackets are priced only at $79.95. That's a pretty insane deal for some awesome rackets. So go to tenniswarehouse.com to take advantage of that deal. Now, for this week, I brought in my fellow playtesters so we could talk about the new Head Pro Tour 2.0. Now, the original is known as the Pro Tour 280 in the United States and the Pro Tour 630 in Europe. And in this episode, we do our best to answer all of your questions on what differentiates this update from the original version. And we talk in depth about our playtest and how the racket felt from all areas of the court. So if you still have more questions after listening, feel free to email us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com. But for now, let's go talk some tennis. Welcome to Talk Tennis. I am super excited to bring you guys a unique, different episode that hopefully we are going to start doing more of, but we're taking a deep dive into a play test that recently happened on the head Pro Tour 2.0. I know so many people out there are excited about this racket. So today with me, I have Chris, I have Mark Boone, and I have Troy. And we're all going to talk about this racket and the playtest and how it compares and differs from the original version. So welcome. Thank you. Good to be here with you guys. What's up? Thanks for having us, Michelle. So we asked the Talk Tennis message board to generate some questions about this. There's so much buzz already, and we have a bunch of questions. We're going to try to answer all of them, but let's dive right into the specs. So who wants to talk about specs first? Um, I'll go ahead and lead off. Yes, we just got done, you know, hitting it a ton. We hit it um, going into Indian Wells tournament. We were getting ready to shoot um, our review out there, Um, and then when that got canceled, we had to shoot it back at T-Dub, but uh, it was a bit of adjustment for me getting used to this racket. The specs of our ones that we've tested so far have been 12.1 ounces strong has been the average, uh, 65 RA, so the flex rating there, 335 swing weight, and that's where I, you know, there was some adjustment for me to get used to that, 20 millimeter straight beam, and when it's strung up, I'm ready to go about six points headlight balance. It does not come with a leather grip. I know there was a lot of questions about that. But it does have the original 1820 string pattern. And then the main difference when you're looking at the frame is this one has a full cap grommet setup, and the original didn't. Um, the original had a traditional bumper guard. There were many, many questions about the biggest differences from the original racket. So let's kind of start there. Is the layup and the material different? That was a big question that we saw a lot. So this update does not include Tuaron, which the original one had. Um, head don't use that material. So it doesn't include that. But I think when we will get into feel and stuff later, but the bracket plays so sweetly. I think they really nailed it on the feel front. And the biggest difference for me is the, the just the inclusion of caps. And I think that it just gives it that really classic head feel. 
Um, is it identical to the original Pro Tour? Not quite, but it's very, very close. And I love the feel of rackets with cap grommets. And this one has that one, definitely. Cool. And then one more question about specs that I want to go over. Is it a true 98 square inch racket or is it a 95 square inch racket? Booney, you want to explain this one? Well, I know you're, you're kind of allowed to take the measurement from either outside or inside the hoop. Uh, the Prestige for a long time has been marketed as a 98. Most of the MPs and the uh, pros, now I know the new 98 is actually, they're taking the measurement a different way. It's a larger head size than the, the older traditional one. So this one seems like it's more like a 95. They probably took the measurement from outside the hoop. Uh, so I know certain Prestige uh, cap grommets mm -hmm. and uh, also the Radical older 1820s within uh, 98 uh, square inch hoop, they'll be compatible as well. Um, in terms of my take on the racket, uh, Chris, uh, you've always had that original one around and Mooster has been one of my favorite uh, players, but I've always been too challenged. It's just too much racket for me. So the older one definitely felt a little beefier, even though it doesn't have a cap grommet where the new one, you know, it's still got, you know, plenty of plow through plenty of stability, but it was a little more user friendly. So I was extremely happy with the update. They're very similar, but for me, you know, I would imagine even Troy's going to try and do the DTL treatment and put a leather grip on it and uh, make it a little more tip light. So yeah, I really like that frame quite a bit. Now, there are a few more questions. Let's just kind of dive right into them because I know people want to know these things. Um, we've gotten a question on this racket, if it will be available in Europe and Australia. Yeah, so it's going to be available both uh, tennis only in Australia and at Tennis Warehouse Europe and at Tennis Warehouse in the US. That's cool, yeah. I knew it was going to be in Europe. I didn't know uh, tennis only, so that's awesome. Yeah. And then another question, which we kind of already got into this, but they're asking, what does the 2.0 mean? Is it an update to the Head Pro Tour 630? It is an update. I mean, obviously, they can't make the original. They don't make production rackets in Austria anymore. Um, and so to make it obvious that this is a updated racket, it's called 2.0. And then two follow-up questions to that. Where was it made? And is this racket supposed to be a collectible or a legit racket to switch to? Meaning, will there be more rackets like this? And is this just more of a nostalgia play? Uh, the racket is made at Head's factory um, where they produce all their production rackets, which is in China. And I'll let someone else take the, <laughs> the switchability part of it. Well, I guess you could go uh, both ways with that. But I mean, just hitting with it uh, performance wise, it plays great. I think it's for me personally, like the specs, the swing weight and the weight. It's an easy, easily switchable racket for me because it's got it lines up perfectly with like the 6195 uh, weight and swing weight, the V-Core Pro 97 330. It's just like feels like an extension of my arm. So the, the material on the frame hitting the ball, it feels great. It feels like a performance frame. Very solid, uh, more solid than any prestige I've hit in many, many years. So easily switchable. Um, the only thing maybe um, logistic-wise, maybe Chris can kind of kind of chime in on this, is uh, I'm not sure. I, I believe it's a limited run, so I don't think they're going to keep, you know, filling orders later on for, for years to come. I think it's just a limited run. So if you are going to switch to it, you might want to get a couple or a few of them so that, you know, if you're a tournament player, you have, you have them on hand. But uh, I'm not sure about the, the, the orders going forward or if it's just like a limited stock. Hey, Michelle, I, I know you're asking the questions here, but I do have one. I didn't post it on Talk Tennis or anything, <laughs> uh, but it is a different palette. I didn't make too much mention of it in the review notes, uh, but it was something I noticed. And I was just wondering what your guys' take is on the more rectangular palette as opposed to like a, a squared off one. Um, I like that traditional head palette. I kind of grew up playing with head rackets and my full hand grip especially 
finds its home quickly with that palette. Um, and I felt right at home with a Pro Tour 2.0. And then I, you know, even I was hitting the Speed Pro the other day and really enjoying the feel of that palette too. So um, it, I don't think it's too big a move from the traditional head palette to the new one. But yeah, I'm a big fan of that traditional head palette. I know I'm probably in the minority there, and that's why head making, you know, around a palette these days. I actually hit them side by side the other day, and I know on playtest before I've complained about the head palette that shape, but I also was really enjoying it. Maybe it was just because it's a fun racket to hit with, but both of them felt great to me. And then a lot of the playtesting I did too, I had an an original Pro Tour and the new one. And for me, the biggest difference was the original, even though it doesn't have a, a full cap grommet, the swing weight of our one is, I think, like 345 or maybe even higher. Mm-hmm. And that's a beefy, that's a pro tool level swing weight. You're coming in with, to the ball with a lot of mass there. And so that definitely took some adjustment. I felt like it was a lot more work for me to try and flick an angle or roll a quick lob or do something quick with the racket. It was fine when I was driving through the ball. And with the new one, with the Pro Tour 2.0, I liked the fact that I could get the ball around a little easier. And down in the you know mid 330s is a lot easier for me to handle personally than bumping up into the 340s. That's why I start to hit the wall of like, okay, I got to play with this racket a lot before that becomes nice and whippy feeling in my hand. And never quite got there with the original one. Got there pretty quickly with the with the new one. Now, Troy, you kind of already mentioned this, but uh, maybe you can get a little deeper into the question. Someone was asking, how does it compare to head frames from older generations, kind of taking a step back away from the graphene models and going back past that? How would you compare this uh, Head Pro Tour 2.0? That's a good question. Um, the first time I hit the ball with the, the Pro Tour 2.0, the first thing that snapped into my head was like, this is what a prestige should feel like. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is all those memories that I had of like older prestiges. And I don't, I don't go back too far. I think like the most uh, like kind of older prestige that I hit the most with was the Microgel, which had a lot of feel. Um, I think this one's just up there right with it, but maybe even more feel. Um, and then the thing that was like perfect for me that I really liked about it is the 335 average swing weight. I don't recall an older prestige having that kind of swing weight at least a mid plus version. I think a lot of the older mid plus versions that I hit with were like 315, 320, right in that range. And I always felt like they were like super whippy and I'd have to doctor them up with weight. This one was like ready to go right in stock form. It just felt great. So I grew up playing with the traditional head rackets with the cap grommets. I grew up playing with the uh, Prestige Pro 600 and then moved into the, the Prestige Classic 600. And so this new Pro Tour, I love that feel with the cap grommets. I like the way... It feels when I hit the ball, I like the stability. It gives the head of the racket. I like the sound it makes when it comes through the air, um, especially when you're on a, a serve or a really fast ground stroking, you get that cap kind of whistling through. It's super nice. That's a little harder for me to do these days than it used to be, but I still get there every once in a while. Um, and so this racket, it really does feel like a classic head racket to me. It really does feel like one of the rackets from the old. And if it came out you know, in the uh, 80s, I think people would love it, you know, and uh, would have just adopted it as, as another great head racket. 
Nice. Now, Booney, I have a question for you because I know you've spent a lot of time with this racket in your hands and uh, I think you can answer it well. Someone is asking, will the cap grommets have rounded off ends like recent cap grommets that we've seen? Ooh. Or are they going to be squared? That sounds almost more like a DTL uh, yeah. question and answer. Okay, right, Troy, you can take that one then. Yeah, I was just looking at the racket because I was looking through the message boards questions. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it has a squared in at the very bottom. So where the cap ends at the very bottom towards the throw, it's squared off and then there's like a little channel of where the where the holes are drilled that extends past it so i think it's kind of more like that classic pro tour uh pro stock kind of kind of where the the cap squares off yeah looking holding the two rackets side by side the mole i mean i didn't get the calipers out and measure at each location of the racket but just visually looking at the two rackets once you get ignore the caps the frames themselves to the eye they look identical uh, i was checking around the throat bridge into the yoke couldn't really see any differences there all up around the hoop i don't know if it's the exact same mold i'd have to check with the head team there but it, to my eye it definitely looked like that now there were a lot of questions about potential future classic releases coming from head i don't know if anyone knows or has heard someone also asked if we would maybe see this in a 16 by 19 string pattern or if we can expect other vintage kind of re-releases do you guys know anything about that not yet Okay. No words yet. Yeah. No words. Fingers crossed. I'm just glad there's buzz about it. Yeah. You know, with all the firm rackets uh, that are out there, I know there's a little less power involved with these rackets, but I think the the comfort level is so much better. And, and in terms of just maybe sacrificing or being concerned with comfort and uh, safety more than just raw power, uh, I hope rackets like this kind of catch fire. Heads, prestiges, and whatnot are kind of leaning back towards that. Their newest one, so really happy with these releases. I, I hope they catch fire. Um, they're great frames, a lot of fun to play with. And something to, along those lines that was asked, which is a great question. And Chris, you might be able to help us with this one because I know you got to spend some time with Head. How much testing went into this racket and what were the determining factors that went into the decision to re-release this specific one? And how did they get it so close? I don't know a lot about the specific testing that they did, but um, I do know you know, that they, they listen to the customers out there. They're listening to the message borders and they're looking for rackets that they have a demand for to come back. And, um, and I think for a long time, people have been asking for the Pro Tour to come back. And it was good to see Head step up, you know, and bring us a new version of that racket. And then Troy, this one for you. And I think I already know the answer, but have you heard any rumors about any pros using this racket? Not, uh, not this specific one or this uh, cosmetic. I mean... There is uh, the prestige mold and the, the pro stock of a prestige has been used many years by over the years by many pros. Um, yeah. But this actual cosmetic or endorsing this one or anything like that, I don't think they're going to have a pro using this uh, this exact model. But the the mold, the prestige mold, the classic is definitely something that is has been used over many years by professional players. And there was a question, why do you feel Head decided to release this frame now? And I think we have to address the fact that this was planned before any of the COVID and this was in the works. But do you have any insight on why they decided spring 2020 would be a good release? No. <laughs> okay. I'm just happy it's uh, it's come to market. I think, yeah, I think people are really going to love hitting this racket. And then, you know, back to the question, is it a legit racket to switch to or is it just a collectible? I think it's. It's kind of both. It's a it plays well enough that I'm sure there are guys that are going to go out there and girls that are going to love this racket and switch to it. Um, and then I think there's others that are going to just want to go down memory lane and hit a nice 
chunky, hefty, classic feeling players record again. And it's just a good one to have in the bag and bring out and hit when you want. And then uh, it's a beautiful record too. And so when you're not hitting it, hang it on the wall and, you know, and admire its beauty. Yeah, we had a couple cheeky questions. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Mark answer this one. Will this racket make me better than Thomas Mooster? <laughs> better? I thought it was playing more like Thomas Mooster. I'll say it might unlock a little bit of your inner Mooster. I mean, after all, racket, you kind of adapt to it. The racket's not adapting to you. So I think, you know, if a player like Rafa used the RF, uh, it would kind of, to a degree, make him play a little bit different, uh, to, to be honest. Uh, that racket puts a, a bullseye on my back. Uh, obviously, I really like Guga. I really like Mooster, players of uh, back in the day. And uh, that was when I was a lot younger, where I used to maybe imagine myself as being that person while I'm playing out on court. So playing with that racket is nostalgic, uh, very performance-oriented. And uh, like Chris mentioned, you know, it may be at the upper limits of what I can handle swing weight-wise, especially the original. But it really makes me want to play up to the racket. Uh, and it's really hard for a ball to beat the racket. Uh, that That is a very stable frame. So, if you know, again, if you're, you got good stroke mechanics um, and footwork, it's a demanding racket, but it's going to benefit uh, that kind of a player. So, yeah, it's a wonderful frame. And, uh, yeah, if you're going to grind it out like Mooster, that's a darn good frame uh, to do it with. I'll continue on from there. Um, one of the things I really liked about playing with a racket was getting used to hitting with a heavier racket again. And I kind of got into this when, you know, was hitting the latest Stand the Man edition from Yonex. And, you know, when you're getting up into sort of like 12-1, you know, strung up. Slight work from Michelle, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Michelle might be breaking out the weight tape there. Yeah. On it. But uh, for me, that's you know, pretty chunky from where I'm coming from right now. I've been playing lighter rackets for the last few years. And um, and I was reminded of, of there's two ways you can really use it. When you're playing someone who hits with a lot of pace, and we're talking to one of those people today, um, it's good for blocking that ball back. You can – it stays stable. It's at the net. You know, someone – rifles are passing shot at you the racket's rock solid love volleying with it It it's just an absolute peach of a racket at net this one um and then from the baseline too it's just nice and solid you don't need a big backswing you can just use the incoming pace use the mass of the racket and you hit a really nice ball back and then on the flip side of that when i'm hitting with Booney, who's moving me around the court and just being steady and then i want to have to you know generate pace and be if i'm going to be the aggressor more of the aggressor in that situation it's a good racket too, because I can use that mass, take a full swing and really use the mass of the, the racket. And then when I'm playing Troy, I have to do a bit of both. So it's, it's a good <laughs> racket for no matter who I play. <laughs> I didn't write this question down, but it definitely stuck with me. And I am going to take the answer on this one. I think someone asked if the sexy blue color would attract the ladies. <laughs> and as the female voice right now, I must say, if you cannot handle swinging this racket, that's not a good look. So <laughs> make sure that you can handle the racket before you want to start attracting those ladies. But if you can, then then now we're talking. So <laughs> there's that. I had to bring that one up. Also, there was a question if there's a matching bag at this time. There is not. Not that we know of. So sorry about that. That wraps up most of the questions. I don't know. I was thinking we could kind of get into just a deeper dive of your guys' experience in playtest and go through just kind of the different sections that we always rate and talk about in our written reviews. So you guys have already done a good job. But if you want to just kind of go one by one and start with ground strokes, what you love, what you hate doesn't sound like there was any hate on this play test but things that stood out to you guys i uh, love the precision with the pro this pro tour 2.0 with the swing weight being like mid 330s i didn't think it was sluggish by any means um so i felt like 
kind of what Chris was saying, having that variety. I felt like it had enough mass and plow where like when I needed to step into the court, I could flatten out the ball, be really precise with uh, placing the ball in the corners of the court. But when I needed to hit top spin or like a passing shot, I still had enough uh, maneuverability in my wrist to like really like snap the racket. I didn't think it was too cumbersome in that aspect. One thing that I know you guys will probably all agree with me on is the slice uh, on this racket is great. Just the mass, the precision of the head size, the 1820 pattern, the super thin beam. It's one of those like scalpel type of rackets where you can just kind of carve the ball, knife it anywhere you want. And then the touch and feel, I felt like uh, the feel of this racket, uh, I'm assuming being mostly graphite, that was just a really pure feel. I felt like I could drop the ball on drop shots. And uh, I, had a, I had a variety of things that were really good. If anything, um, I felt like I would probably string the racket uh, fairly loose with the Copoly, like Hyper G or something, or, or Head Links 4, uh, just to open up the sweet spot a bit. I'd probably go like mid to low 40s for my preference, but I really like the racket. Yeah, off the ground, I think for me to stand out feature was uh, just driving the ball, especially with the slice. Uh, felt like I had a ton of feel with the racket. So, and then the mass, I could really knife it nicely. So I could hit some really nice slice deep and then mix it up with a, a sneaky little drop shot too. Um, and do that kind of off the same swing and just relax my grip and let, you know, the racket kind of fold under the ball. And it's solid and stable enough on its own that I didn't have to worry about adding any stability. And so I could be super relaxed when I hit with this one. And that, I think, was what gave me that feel to either drive it deep or hit a nice, um, you know, touch shot off of a very similar swing. It's a great frame. It is at the upper limits of what I can swing. It's not quite like your RF where 30, 40 minutes into it, you can definitely tell the racketed speed slows down. Uh, but I'm a person or a player that spends most of their time at the backcourt uh, playing a lot of ping pong. Uh, that kind of uh, thing, it, it, again, it's not the most maneuverable racket. At first, I can kind of flick it and use my wrist and admittedly grinding it out with Troy or Chris or something like that in these long extended rallies is a little difficult from the baseline. So it does make me uh, kind of lean more towards trying to put the ball away, believe it or not, uh, shortening up the points a little bit with it. But again, the uh, knife-like, you know, it stays low uh, with the 1820 on the backhand slice. It's just a beautiful frame in that way. Uh, most of the power seems to be coming from uh, from its weight a little bit from its uh, firm but not stiff layup of graphite. So in, in terms of the racket being stable enough, 100%. Um, in terms of being maneuverable enough over like a tournament play, if I had to play a couple matches with it, um, I am going to test that out. Hopefully uh, they're going to have tournaments resume here, you know, before Haley's Comet flies over. So I'm willing to test it out. But it's one of those rackets, like if we're playing dingles, this is great. Um, and I would like to find out what it's like under a little bit more pressure of playing matches. But yeah, it, it'll definitely test me overall. Um, but again, it's a, a racket that uh, you really want to play well with, not just a, a wallflower for sure. Yeah, and I'll just add a couple things too for my game. Um, the things that I've been really looking for out of a racket lately is stability and mass behind the ball. And this does just that. It works really well with my flatter, longer strokes. And I had no issues with net clearance or anything. And I also found the string bed to be fairly forgivable because I know there has been a few times that I'm kind of lunging for the ball and I'm still making contact and getting a good shot. Also, sometimes uh, people have said that I don't have a backhand slice, which I can see that. But with this racket, it was beautiful. And I was even impressed with some of the shots that I could dig out on that side. So it was awesome for me, too. Now, Michelle, you've been hitting some more 1820s and liking more 1820s recently. So how did that aspect of the racket play for you? I like the precision of this one. I think 
There were times where it does feel harder for me to swing through and generate more power with an 18-20. So I think it all, it kind of depends on who I'm playing against as well. If I'm playing someone that's getting every ball back, I need a little more help putting the ball away. But yeah, I've also been hitting that prestige pro a lot, a lot, a lot. That was going to be my question. <laughs> how, does the, how does this pro tour stack up to the prestige you've been hitting? Yeah, I mean, what I love about the prestige pro is it comes like with great stability and kind of a little extra easy power. And I would say the Prestige Pro is easier for me to generate that more natural raw power than this Pro Tour 2.0, but both were fun. I literally had a hit where I had all three of those rackets and was just alternating between them. The old one, the new 2.0, and then the Prestige Pro. And I liked all of them. And that classic feel, I've not really ever been someone that likes that. And I, I was feeling it. I'm vibing with it. So I'm excited. Oh, and then I just wanted to add uh, on the ground strokes. Um, another thing too, like when uh, I know me and Michelle had a couple of sessions where we were just drilling cross court and on my two-handed backhand, there was a, a point where I just got in a groove and I felt like it was like the smoothest feeling racket on the two-handed backhand. Wasn't getting a ton of power, but I felt like I could really like caress the ball and like mm. get under it and hit those like cross court dippers. For a second there, like I kind of was just feeling like I was in like Andy Murray mode, just kind of caressing the two-handed backhand and I could really feel it. And I, I almost was just like, man, I wish every racket felt like this on the two-hander. I completely agree with that too. Let's move forward to the net where I think this racket really shines for especially people that love that classic feeling racket. Who wants to take it, Chris? Yeah, um, love this one at net. I played singles and doubles with it. I thought it was fast enough feeling at net, but especially because it's a much more compact stroke. Um, and you, you know, if you're volleying well and using your legs, you're keeping the tip of the racket up. And then I felt, felt like the headlight balance made it feel pretty quick and easy to get around. And then at contact really dynamite feel felt very connected to the ball. I could drop the volleys short. I could get a little bit of slice on them again to uh, get them to die quickly. Um, and then when I wanted to punch a, a ball with some depth and pace, it's got the mass to do it. So, uh, my, by far favorite place to be on court with this racket is at the net. Loved it. Yeah, basically, you know, just reiterating what Chris said, but the two things that really stood out for me were precision and feel. It, you know, going back to using that word, that scalpel-like racket, you know, I really felt like I could put the ball on a dime. I could hit both deep corners. I could drop the ball short on both close corners of the court. Just felt like I had a really good command over the ball, and the feel was really pure, really clean. Um, nothing in there that was really muting it. Uh, once again, like the ground strokes, I wouldn't say the sweet spot's the, the biggest of rackets that I've, I've hit with or more, most forgiving, but that's where I was really like wanting to string it with a really loose tension and open up that, that sweet spot with like co-poly because the controls are so good. But I really like the command over the ball and the feel. Yeah, overall, I'm not usually the person who's smiling when I'm hitting a ball, um, but I think we're on, on – uh podcast with somebody who does <laughs> at net you, you probably catch me smiling more than a few times uh, i'm just going to reflect what everyone else said obviously stability anywhere in the court with that rackets uh top notch top shelf and for me my game it was maneuverable enough to get it into place on time as long as my strings were on the bottom of the ball even at full stretch that racket's so heavy and stable uh you could actually send off some decent volleys coming off just the side of the graphite <laughs> don't like to admit that uh some of my volleys are planted on that part of the on the racket but yeah you buy the whole thing you may as well occasionally use the whole thing works great um anywhere at net that is uh, probably one of my favorite places to be with that racket as well 
Yeah, I'll chime in. Um, Booney said something earlier that resonated with me at the net, that this racket kind of makes you raise to its level. And I know sometimes I have a tendency to get sloppy with my legs when I'm volleying. And this racket forced me to really make sure I'm punching through because I was making a few mistakes into the net with this one. So I did find that I had to up my game but that's on me, not the racket. Also, stability, so good, so good. And my stability test is always that lefty volley that I can throw out. So it was like perfect. It stood up to the lefty volley challenge and yeah, no complaints. Yeah, and I will add uh, on volleys for me, um, you know, pretty much most people hold it with the continental grip. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I'm more of a fan of the modern head grip, the the TK82S palette. Uh, as opposed to the, the older rectangular palette. But mm-hmm. on this one, even with that rectangular palette, I really like it on the volleys. Or pretty much any time I have a continental grip, I feel like that's where that, that grip feels really natural. So I think it enhanced the volleys in that aspect. I concur. <laughs> Let's talk about serves. How did you guys find it to work when we were serving? Wow. All right. We'll go with the person with the slowest serve first. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed serving with this racket. Uh, in a lot of my editorials, I'll mention that I prefer a heavier racket on serve and maybe a slightly lighter one from the backcourt because I spend so much time there. Uh, this racket didn't really increase the velocity that much, but I had great directional control with it. I didn't feel like I was missing very much. Um, and, and anytime I miss, that's on me. Like you said, it's not so much on the racket. But this racket definitely complemented my serve. Um, I had been playing with a Yonex 330. It just feels a little more chunky than that. And I actually felt there was so much force that it kind of hurt my back a little bit. But this racket was, you know, right at the upper limit, which is where I want to be weight wise, uh, but not too much. So it really was in uh, kind of a sweetheart Goldilocks position for me for the uh, serve. Liked it a lot. Let's stick with the lefties, Troy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I thought it uh, performed well on serve. Uh, it wasn't like crazy power. I've been using some extended length rackets lately. So compared to like the E-Zone 98 Plus or the, the V-Core 98 Plus from Yonex, uh, the power wasn't like as easy, but uh, I still felt like I got a lot of pace because of swing weight and also because I didn't think it was too heavy or too uh, cumbersome. I could still get a lot of like wrist snap and uh, maneuverability in that sense. So I really liked the flat first serve because I could like really open up my wrist and also with that palette. That rectangular palette felt really good on that uh, continental grip, so I felt like I, I could really pronate and open up on that flat first serve. I felt like it was really good on that. And then uh, surprisingly, uh, on a couple couple times, I think we were playing doubles, I hit a couple kick serves with it, and not being like a really fast racket or an open string pattern, that's typically what helps my kick serve a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting some nasty action with the, with the 18-20 pattern, so I think uh, overall just getting good grip on the ball and precision it worked out pretty good. I really liked hitting uh, slice serve. I mean, I grew up on a grass court, so slice is rules on a, on a grass court for sure. Kick serves just kind of sit up and beg to be hit. Yeah. Um, and I, I found the slice on this one, my slice out wide, slice into the body, and then um, I slice down the T, going to the ad side, were kind of just my bread and butter serves with the racket. Um, I liked using the mass of it on flat serves and felt like I was getting good pace, but for me, adding a bit of spin with the pace was the way to go just because you hit a nice heavy serve with it. Um, and as Troy mentioned, you don't get that instant just ball speed off of it like you would with a modern thicker beamed or extended length racket. And so you do have to bring the racket through the ball. But I think when you do that and you, you add a little bit of spin, it's a nice meaty serve and, um, you know, and you can follow it into net and put away the volley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything you guys said is how I feel as well. I wasn't a racket that I was going to be hitting my hardest serves with, but I wasn't necessarily trying to either with this one because 
you kind of just accept and use that precision and mass. And I know like I love all the tea serve on the do side. It was dialed in with this racket and then the slice out wide is always a good one too. So completely agree. I felt like the serves were heavy. Yeah. More than just raw speed. They were really heavy. And like, especially on my, my spin ones that were kind of kicking up on people and jamming them. So without having to like exert effort. Yeah, exactly that. You're, you're putting a, a nice meaty ball in there and, and it's a, a tougher ball, I think, than even when it's coming into the strike zone, it's a harder ball to return for the returner um, than if it's just like a, from a lighter racket where you've maybe got speed, but you just don't have that weight. Yeah. Returns. My favorite spot. I, I'll start this one just because I love talking about returns. This racket's perfect for returning with because it is so stable. You don't have to take a big backswing. If you've got a big server coming at you, you've got that easy. Chris had mentioned earlier, you just block it back. Really easy to keep the ball deep. The precision's dialed in. I have no complaints on the return. Everything I like in a returning racket. Yeah, the mass stability is not going to be an issue at all. Um, it does block back lots of pace, no problem. It was definitely one of my favorite uh, shots to hit with the racket, and I'm definitely known for more of a chip return style. I don't really come over the top of the ball um, that often topspin-wise, so uh, that racket allowed me to be pretty effective uh, for me for a return. Really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I think for me, I really like the comfortable response of it, and that came from the flex of the racket, the feel of the racket. And then the heft of the racket too. So the return is one of those shots where you don't always have the time to be super precise and find the sweet spot and get the stars all aligned. You just mm-hmm. got to kind of make do with the time that you have. And it was in those situations where I really appreciated the racket. And I felt like the mass still helped me hit a good ball back, even when I was slightly off. And also, again, it took some shock out of the not so clean contact and kept things comfortable for me. So even with a poly in it, no issues, you know, it took a big rip when I could. And then when I was just blocking the bullwhack and doing as much as I could on a, on a tougher serve, that's when I really felt like I got the most out of the racket. Yeah, I'll just uh, add on to what Chris was saying about the, the, the smooth feel, the very like comfortable response on, uh, on the returns was great, especially when facing like big flat first serves. Um, I could block the two-hander back and it felt you know very stable, very comfortable. And I kind of wanted to just add on to the comfort factor of it. Um, I know a lot of people on the message boards uh, with their questions were were hoping that it was like the the stiffness was around 60, like a 60 RA. And I know ours are averaging about 65. I wouldn't get turned away by that because even at the 65, I I still felt like it had very, very good comfort. And the returns was where it really showed that to me a lot as well. But uh, yeah, I I think it has very good feel. And uh, I loved it in doubles returns because I could really hit those cross courts whether I could take like a full rip and have all that control and get the ball dipping down at uh, the server's feet, or uh, if I needed to flick the angle nice and soft cross court, I had the feel to do that. So it was a good returning idea. Yeah, and then to talk about the RA a little bit, um, I'm not sure what the RA is on our classic racket, but I think any differences in feel, one was just dominated by the fact that that racket has such a high swing weight, the original one. And then two, I don't know how many times it's been on a stringing machine, how much racket fatigue is in there. And so it may have, you know, lost a bit of its mojo over the years and and has dropped a couple of RA points, but they didn't feel far apart in terms of feel at net on the return or, you know, anytime when you were looking to be connected to the ball, you know, I thought they were pretty close feeling. And there was times for me, even with the original, the 280 or whatever, the one that we have, the original Pro Tour, uh, I almost felt like it, for some reason, felt stiffer to me than the than the remake. I don't know what it was, but maybe the, the braided material that they put in with but. It felt a little a little stiffer at times. Yeah, I, I got some um, 
I think it'll slightly dead a response from the original. And again, I don't know if that was just a result of it being yeah. such an old racket, but yeah, definitely <clears throat> you, uh, you had to work hard. It wasn't quite as I think forgiving and, and plush feeling. So is it the, the 280 was the U S release of it and the European version was 630 or is that vice versa? The 630 in Europe, 280 in the U S I believe. Yeah. Let's wrap up this little play test chat. Uh, let me hear you guys' likes and if you had any dislikes and then what rackets or racket would you compare this one to? I definitely feel like this is a racket I could switch to. The only thing is, is, you know, just me using kind of like a little bit more modern rackets lately, a little easier power. Um, there's debates in my head whether I want to go back to that kind of classic, uh, really dense string pattern. But as far as like the weight, uh, stability goes. It's very similar to two of the rackets that I've used in the past, the 6195 and the V-Core Pro 97330 as far as like weight and swing weight. So it kind of takes me back to those and I kind of miss that like surgical precision and uh, my ability to really like use those rackets to place the ball anywhere I want on the court. So really, really like the racket. Uh, just the downside, like I said, is I've kind of got, gotten into some more modern frames, extended length. Um, and with this one, you know, kind of that true 95 head size, uh, slightly smaller sweet spot than I've been using. Um, it takes a little more focus for me to get back into that type of racket. But as far as like just the feel and like a racket that feels like an extension of my arm, my mind wants me to go back that way sometimes. So lots of likes, very few dislikes. It's just me kind of like going towards different rackets lately. Well, uh, for me, there aren't many dislikes either. Uh, I guess if I had any downside at all, which is something that I kind of felt like I adapted to, it would be the pallet shape. I felt like uh, it benefited me more if I was hanging I, my pinky off the end of it on a lot of shots. I could get a little more wristy that way. Uh, but I did feel like I had to make an adjustment in terms of how I was holding the racket itself. Um, overall, you know, the paint, the paint scheme, one of the most beautiful rackets I've seen in a long time, if not ever. Um, the stability, well, you, you got loads of it. That's top shelf right there. Maneuverability for some players, you know, like myself, I'm going to try and test this out playing tournaments with it. I have a feeling it may be a little too much over the long haul, but again, you know, pulling this out and just having ground stroke battles with Chris and Troy and you guys uh, playing dingles and yeah, it's a great racket for that. So overall, there really weren't a lot of dislikes about it at all. Um, if anything, that uh, it would be a limited run. I guess I could maybe correct about that if they're not going to keep making this frame. For me, um, I think well, I'll start with dislikes. Uh, it's pretty beefy. It's at the the upper end of of what I'm hitting these days and enjoying. And I think especially on my topspin backhand, I like it a little bit faster, lighter racket. With that said, you know, give me another month, um, and I think I'd have it dialed in. So. But the fact that I'm playtesting a bunch of other rackets and mostly they're lighter than this, it just makes it easier with the racket I'm using now to, to bounce around and then come back to it. But I did really like the feel. I loved playing with the racket. It really reminded me of playing with the classic head rackets of old. So that was it was a nice walk down memory lane. And then also, I'm also in love with the current Speed Pro right now, the 360 Plus Speed Pro. So it's I've been hitting them all side by side and tough for me to step away from that Speed Pro and into something that's even beefier when I feel like I get everything I need from a racket kind of with that spec. So a little bit too close to the upper echelon of my uh, comfort zone spec wise, but great playing racket. And I just wanted to chime in, Chris, because the last prestige that I, that I can remember that you used as your racket of choice was the IG prestige mid plus. Yeah. Utech IG mid plus. Yeah. Yeah. And then you used to use this, the vocal C10 pro. Does this, does this racket kind of take you back to when you were playing with those a little bit or any kind of comparison contrast with that or when you were using those rackets? 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely with the Prestige, um, with the C10 Pro, that racket um, is a racket I actually string a lot tighter than I would the, either the Prestige Mid Plus or this Pro Tour 2.0. I just um, think it's, you know, string pattern, string spacing. The ball really jumps off of that C10, even though it's got that silky smooth kind of feel and feel wise you're there. It's just the exit angle yeah. on the string bed. Um, that one's a bit different for me, but yeah, for sure. It's it's a classic feeling racket, and uh, it's one like I said earlier. I keep in the bag, even if I'm not switching to it. I'm keeping it in the bag, and when I'm just having a laugh and hitting around before a beer, you know, that's the racket I'm pulling out and doing it with. Nice. That's awesome. Um, for me, love the stability, the plow. It's just solid from all areas of the court. Not really a lot of complaints, and to be completely honest, especially through this quarantine, I've been starting to kind of drop my taste in swing weight. So this 335 swing weight was really comfortable for me. I felt um, at home with it. It definitely does feel like sometimes I did have to work a little harder to step up and put points away, especially against defenders like you three. But <laughs> comparing it directly to something like an RF 97, it had much more feel, felt much more flexible, um, just as solid and just as stable, more precise for sure. But definitely that RF 97 has a stiffer feel than this one. So that would be my huge takeaway from it. Yeah, uh, I don't think I have any complaints. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, and when you mentioned uh, when you mentioned kind of going down to the three thirty five swing weight, to most people that sounds crazy. But right. for those people for those people that don't know that are listening right now, I know some of Michelle's RF ninety sevens that had some lead tape on them. They were like three forty eight, close to three fifty swing weight. So. That is a pretty pretty significant drop for you. Yeah. I actually have um, an RF that has no customizations right now at 348. So yeah. it's hard to use sometimes. And I got to get back in the gym once the gym's all open again and start start getting my RF arms back. But <laughs> You could just let that guy down at Indian Wells borrow it again. You could scrape <laughs> off several grams of swing weight off the bumper. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure everyone listening would understand. But like anytime your racket scrapes on the ground and you lose a little graphite, you're losing swing weight also, which is a bummer. <laughs> so all in all, this is about a bit of a love fest for us. Anything else you guys want to add? Anything else we should reiterate? Um, I'll chime in here. I think a theme I'm seeing from all the releases from Head recently, and I think this is why it's a perfect time for this racket to come out is they're really dedicated to providing a really nice feeling rackets. I think the new speeds are feeling great. The prestiges, I know just around the office and with people that are used to the old prestiges, they're starting to be won over by them again. And it's been a while since they've kind of flocked that way. Um, and so I think they're really putting out some great feeling rackets. I think this one is right there. And uh, so, yeah, good times. Happy days. Gravity, yeah, when they came with Gravity, that was great. Yeah, Gravity was like a big turn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it kind of kicked it off, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, so anyone out there questioning if this is a legit racket, it's legit. You heard it here first. It will be available at the beginning of May. Don't hesitate to get your hands on one or two or four, <laughs> however you decide. Just a quick side note, too. I know we did play test this racket side by side with the original, and we had both of them strung up with Lynx Tour correct? 
That is correct. 1.25. And I know we haven't had a chance to play test that string officially, but we've all hit it significantly. And I have to say, I'm really enjoying that string too. And it played really well in this racket. I know uh, Troy had mentioned some good string setups, but if there's any string setups you guys want to suggest. I think, you know, the modern player is going to love it with a poly. It's super comfortable, great feeling racket. So it, it blends with a poly nicely. Yeah, I thought it played great throughout the play test. I'm a big fan of that new head string and uh, good spin, good feel. It po- it's a firmer playing poly, so you get the control and the confidence to swing big and get the spin. And yet, much like something like Hypergee, it pockets the ball well too. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Link's Tour and I thought it played great in the racket. And then I think if you're a real traditionalist, you could throw a multi in here or a, a natural gut or even go you know, gut poly hybrid and and really get some fantastic feel and a really silky smooth response out of it. Uh, I go, I default to uh, Dr. Troy on my string <laughs> uh, choices. He's led me to head uh, Link's Edge and then the Link's Tour. And I've really enjoyed those strings a lot, particularly in an 18 main racket where, you know, notice I brush up my forehand quite a bit, a little slippery with a round string. As soon as you throw that edge on it, I really get the... I feel like I get the best of both worlds out of that 18 main racket with it. So yeah, really onto those head strings particularly the Lynx Edge uh, Tour and the Lynx Edge, like them a lot. Yeah, I pretty much go with both of those guys' choices. But um, pretty much any shape poly, I mean, I'm not super picky, but I've tried, uh, I have one racket that I've tried with this uh, 2.0 that has Hyper G17 in it. I strung it about 47 pounds. Feels really good. But Cyclone, um, Head, uh, Lynx Tour, Lynx Edge, um, even something like I was thinking on my head right now, the Selenko Revolution, that kind of bluer string, that would look pretty sick in this racket. I think that would be a good one. But anything right around that 1.20 gauge is 17 or 18, depending on the brand. Um, and for me, kind of like mid to upper 40-pound range, I think that would play really nice. But uh, like Chris said, with the if for those out there that are kind of traditionalists or purists and, and don't mind spending a little extra money on the string, uh, I think a natural gut hybrid with some like 17-gauge natural gut in the mains and a nice, uh, smooth, slick copoly in the crosses, like an Alu Power or a Hawk Touch. I think that would be like the cream de la cream in this racket. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up. If anyone listening has any further questions about this racket or strings or any questions, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at tenniswarehouse.com. And as we mentioned, this racket is going to be available at Tennis Warehouse, Tennis Warehouse Europe, and Tennis Only. So no excuses. Anything else? No, I'm going to leave it with creme de la creme. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening and make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And I want to remind you that if you want to get your hands on the new Head Pro Tour 2.0, you can get it in the United States at TennisWarehouse.com, in Europe at TennisWarehouseEurope.com, and in Australia at TennisOnly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, happy hitting. And it does come with a leather grip. It does not have the leather grip. Oh, I thought it says that it does on our product page. Okay, we're going to need to edit that. (laughs) It has a cushion grip on it. And it does not come with a leather grip. (laughs) Okay, let me re-say that.